Scrambled Founders. Hi, this is Adrian from Clean Voice. And here's Mash from Sparrow. And today we're going to talk about how we got our first customers. Oh, man. First customer, you know, first love is like almost the same thing, you know, man? <laughs> Getting your first customer, more specifically, your first money in your bank account is like so special. It doesn't matter if it's like $1 or $10,000. I think like that first money you make, it, it changes like how you perceive the world for a single moment. That's the point when you're like, you're making money from your company and not from your job. And yeah, we're going to share today our stories on how we got our first customers to inspire you ways to find your first customers if you're in beginning your journey. And then we're going to talk about how we make sales nowadays. So Mesh, how did you got your first customer? Yeah, it's, it's a fun story, Adrian. And as you were talking, I actually thought back to my, my teenage years. So back when I was 16 years old, I was living in a country that's not Canada. And I remember having like broadband internet, you know, like you have to be very careful with using, using your internet for specific things at specific times of the day because you know, internet wasn't the fastest. And I was under the impression that my family needed money, right? To keep things very simple. And then I was thinking, okay, you know what? This is it. I got, I got to make money and you know, I got to find creative ways to make money. So I went online and I, I was 16 years old. I was great in school, but that wasn't making me happy. So I went online and started searching for ways to make money. So I typed in things like, oh, how do I make money? How to make money online? And I think after four or six months of searching, because people have these guides online, most of them are really low quality. They don't really tell you anything. I think I came across one person. He's a great guy. His name's Samil. He's from India. And he's like, Mash, try this, try this guide. It works. And the guide that he gave me, came with access to this website called Maverick Moneymakers. And the entire time, it was just basically a bunch of training material that taught people how to get affiliate memberships and how to actually make money from affiliate marketing. So mind you, I had no idea what any of that meant. I didn't even know what partnerships or affiliate marketing even was. And so I, every day over the course of two or three weeks after I learned about Maverick Moneymakers, I started learning about going to their video tutorials, looking at their examples, and I learned how to make money online. So after two months of effort only, I made 199 USD at the age of 16. And I still remember waking up one day and seeing I had two sales from all the affiliate marketing I did. And that was the first, that was my first. I lost my sales virginity at 16 years old. And when I did that, I realized I did not use anything I learned at school. I did not ask my parents for help. I didn't ask anybody for help. I went out, got it done myself, simply because someone was very generous to, to tell me about this, about this opportunity. And so when I made money at 16, Adrian, I kind of knew at the back of my head that that was going to be something that I would be doing at some point in my life, right? So fast forward a decade, 10 years from the age of 16, I started Sparrow and for the first nine months, again, I made $0 because my product or rather my service and my messaging was very unclear. I didn't have any specific customer persona in mind. I didn't even understand my own positioning as a service. And then after the ninth month, I realized Adrian that my customers were hanging out in very specific places on the internet. They were on very specific forums, very specific Slack channels, very specific Twitter, what does Twitter even have? Twitter hashtags, right? So what I did is after I learned 
what the buyer and the seller actually want from each other. And after I kind of understood my positioning a little bit, I realized that there was one seller, or in my case, a startup advisor, who recently sold their business to SoundCloud for you know eight digits, eight figures, right? And I reached out to him and I said, hey, Jeff, you know, you're, you just shared your story of how you sold your business to SoundCloud. I think it's really encouraging and very motivating. I wonder if you'd be open to advising smaller founders. But hey, Jeff, by the way, I've never made a single dollar with this business. It's very new. Just want to see if you're interested. And he said, yes. Got on a call with him. I was very nervous. But then I knew, Adrian, who my seller would be. And this was a huge step for me because knowing who is going to be selling and what they will be selling is very crucial because that helps you find a buyer. Chicken and egg problem, classic marketplace issue. After I understood that smaller founders want to talk to big founders about marketing, growth, and business and revenue, I realized I need to just find somebody who doesn't have what Jeff has, right? Someone who's on the smaller side of things, smaller revenue, smaller business, maybe bad business model. So after I was commenting on all these forums and Slack channels, and I think it was the forum where I got that customer from, someone reached out to me saying, hey, Mash, I saw that you're you know, providing mentorship or something. Let's get on a call. Like, I really want to see if you can help me. I get on a call with this guy and mind you, Adrian, I still have no freaking clue what my positioning is. I don't know what my messaging is. I barely know what I'm selling. I just know who can help him, right? I just knew the seller. I didn't know what was being sold. Big difference. Get on a call with him. And I'm like, you know what? His name is Yorios. I'm actually talking to him again this week. Funny. But I said, hey, Yorios, sure. I'll connect you with Jeff. And then you guys can have a chat. I scheduled a discovery call. The buyer, the customer was from Greece. The seller the advisor is from San Francisco. And then I connected them on a discovery call. Apparently they liked each other. And then that was it. They, the, the buyer paid, I think, 120 USD for an hour of Jeff's time. This was way back before I even had this new business model that I have now. And when he paid that amount, I just, you know, I took no commission from the first transaction because that's not the purpose of a marketplace in its early days, in my opinion. You're just trying to test out demand. So took the 120, PayPal took like 10% of it because that's what PayPal does. And I sent the money over to Jeff. So Jeff made a few bucks. Yorios got the advice they needed. And then I was like really trying to understand how the service actually went. So I spoke with Jeff. I asked him, hey man, how did you find the call? What did you guys talk about? I asked Yorios, the customer. I asked him, hey, how did you find the call? Was there anything that can be improved? What did you find really useful on the call? If you needed to be somewhere in the next six or eight weeks in your goals, do you think you're closer to it now because of this phone call? Okay, when should I check back with you again to see if you maybe need some more consultation? So that was the first real sale. It happened, I think 2021, September, I don't remember. But yeah, it was, it was a definite win for me because I was very fucking happy because this was a big deal for me simply because I went from not knowing my market to literally making my first transaction. Uh, yeah, so that was that. That's the story, man. Sixteen, and then again at twenty-seven years old, you know, or twenty-six actually. You are borderline millennial or Gen Z, depends if you have TikTok installed or not. <laughs> that sweet threshold between those two worlds. Yeah, you made your first internet money at sixteen, which is very impressive, and like two hundred bucks, which is very good for better than most people, I would say. <laughs> when it comes to online and better than me, because at that age I was working at a factory, not making online money. Mm. 
it's a really nice story because you were still figuring things on the way, but you took action. You know, you did what's like the most important thing from everything in business. <laughs> you went out there, you know, reached out, played your cards. In this case, you played the dices because you hoped it would roll some six. <laughs> it just somehow connected. It's really something which we as founders, we should do more often. Take action. Don't overanalyze it in the beginning, especially for a first customer. So yeah, that's really great. Mm -hmm. My startup adventure started, I think, at 18, first time. Uh, but I just going to focus today on the clean voice story for now. Last year, every early millennial starting a podcast was a thing. And before this podcast, I had another podcast about uncommon AI applications with a friend of mine. And in my case, how I, I didn't really was building a startup there back then. I was working on a different project and Team Voice was just like, you know, just a small side project. Um, because in my case, I built a tool, which something primitive, the modern Clean Voice for now, which would remove the filler words, our particular filler words, in order to not waste time editing the podcast so much because it took me like hours in the beginning to edit the podcast. So I developed a product from my own problem. And I then reached out to several Facebook groups, made build like an MVP. And yeah, from the first, let's say, I think first week, I made like 150 bucks. That showed like me a demand of the product. But in this case, I came like from, I have a problem. I solve my own problem. Are there any people who have this problem as well? Like that was kind of my approach. That's how kind of how Clean Voice started in my case. Oh, wow. One small detail I have to mention, I wasn't actually charging it directly. So basically I built MVP, but I wanted feedback first, but you know, I didn't want to give it for free. So what I did is that anyone who wanted to test it out for free, I would provide them for a free key. They just had to DM me on Facebook. The thing is, some people just bought it or some people who test it for free. It's like, oh, I like it. And they bought some license keys. And uh, yeah, that's how kind of the thing started. So I wasn't like selling directly. It's like, hey, it's for free. But the website allowed you to purchase as well. So yeah, that was kind of my first experience. That's, that's really interesting, Adrian, because if you're giving it away for free and then saying, oh, hey, by the way, uh, the website also lets you buy it if you want. If I was you, and if I did that, and if people bought my product still, even after getting it for free, I would say, wow, like there's definitely something about the product that really resonates with these guys. Why would they purchase something I'm giving away? Like there's no real difference in what they're getting after they pay for it. And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely very interesting and impressive agent. I dig that. I didn't know this, that you did it. It's really, really interesting. Because of that, I actually stopped my previous startup. So I was working on the previous startup for like a whole year, a startup which almost got acquired by Adobe, but that's a story for another time. And stop that, stop that whole project, just like put in a zip file and store it in a hard disk and focus fully on clean voice just because from that experience. Interesting. When you say that, that experience, you mean the Facebook experience where people started paying for your product? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm. That, uh, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, and you recently implemented the background noise remover, which is like, wow. Right. Cause I think the video that you had uploaded was you're on the highway. And when I first saw the video, I'm like, what is he going to do? Probably have like the background filter turned on the whole time, but no, you actually 
turned it off, on, off, on, off, on. And so when you turn it on, I'm like, holy crap, like I can't hear any cars. When you turn it back off, I got annoyed. I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to hear the freaking cars because there is an alternate reality possible where there's no background noise at all when you're recording podcasts, right? So yeah, I, I found that really interesting as well. I think I shared that on my Twitter. RT did. And I appreciate it. And for the listeners, uh, I, we attached a link in the show notes so you can check out the great background noise removal.